Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle, covering all of your Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League action. I am your host, Chris McPherson, and we have an epic episode ahead of us. Uh, We're going to be getting into a really in-depth conversation around Lakes United with their coach and club stalwart, Ian Bubba Burke. We will, of course, be joined by my regular co-host, the stats man, Josh Spiegelman, to bring you the Junkyard Skips Stats Performers of the Week from Round 10 of the Denton Engineering Cup. And we'll head on up the valley to Dungog to talk to Matt Hinton, the captain coach of the Dungog Warriors, about the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League Northern Conference, of course, all of our show and content that goes onto our social media channels. Those are, of course, Facebook, League Castle AUS, Instagram, League Castle AU. Isn't possible without our great sponsors. We talked about Junkyard Skips, who bring us the NRL, sorry, the real NRL Stats Man of the Week and the end of year Stats Man of the Year uh, award. On top of that, we also have Beaver Brewery, who bring us our Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League content and the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League scoreboard every week. We have... Shipley Meets at Rutherford, who sponsor the Hunter Valley Group 21 scoreboard and everything that goes with it. We're looking forward to having some Hunter Valley guests coming on the show in the next couple of weeks to chat Group 21 as they head to the midpoint of their season. And finally, we have Sharp DS Central Coast for all your printing and printer needs. Uh, they bring us the Central Coast Rugby League action, of course. We've had some guests on already from Wong and the entrance, and we're looking to spread that love a little bit further also uh, as we head towards finals down on the Central Coast and their competitions heat up. But let's get into it as we always do. Let's kick things off with the Junkyard Skips Stats Man of the Week, Stats Performers with Josh Spiegelman. All right, let's kick it off with the Junkyard Skips Denton Engineering Cup. Stats man of the year, the performers of the week. Of course, we do it with our stats guru, the man with all the numbers. He's basically a human computer when it comes to rugby league statistics. Josh Spiegelman, welcome back to the show again this week, mate. Um, we're obviously doing something right because no one stopped us from recording these, although they'd probably uh, have a hard time stopping you and I talking footy. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Uh, hi to the listeners. Yeah, the computer over here is running a bit dry after a a long Sunday doing a four of the five games and uh, plenty to talk about. Ups, a few upsets on the cards. Tipsters were very confident on Lee Castle Instagram and they were proven a little bit wrong over the weekend. Yeah, there were some surprises, some boil overs and, well, we'll get to Maitland Central in a moment and none of them got that right. So, uh, mate, uh, yeah, as you said, really pulling apart lots of the games and, and much to Harry O'Brien's delight, you're now doing his, his personal stats as well as all the other Goannas to add to your normal workload. Yeah, we're doing the goes to finish off the season. Um, yeah, unfortunate result for them on the weekend. So I'm sure they'll be pouring over the stats. And uh, haven't heard from Harry yet, but I'm sure I will after a big win coming up soon. Yeah, undoubtedly, mate. But uh, let's kick it off with that game I just touched on. An absolute cracking encounter. I mean, I've only watched the highlights of this, but Maitland and Central, all level, could not be split. 
But uh, Maitland uh, starting to see a few chinks in that armour. I think uh, a few teams will be be uh, liking their chances that are sitting sort of second down to seventh in that big pack, mate. Yeah, that's right. And um, touching on this game quickly, both teams had some players out. So for Maitland, they were missing big Sam Anderson and Reid Olchin, so the pack was a bit light. But in saying that, the debutants that uh, Ethan Butterfield that stood in was really impressive. And yeah, they just couldn't get the chocolates here. But Central were also missing um, Luke Walsh too. So... Uh, no excuses for either side. And, yeah, having done done this game in full, I thought he's a really fast pace um, between, obviously, everyone knows two good sides. And there's some really good individual battles out there on the field too. So, for me, that was highlighted between the two centres, um, uh, Gary Anderson and Ke- uh, Kai Cooper. So, uh, that was really fun to watch as well. And, yeah, this game, I don't know if you watched it, maybe the wind was a pretty big factor in um, general play kicking, um, but also in goal kicking too. And, and you messaged me during the week about who was kicking and Randall Briggs was pretty clutch for Central there. One a great kick from the sideline to make it 18-all um, and then a penalty to make it 2018. I thought Central might hang on for a, a really big upset there, but um, they gave away a penalty to the, the dying seconds or minutes and Brock Lamb now want to make it 20-all. So uh, really exciting to watch this game. Yeah, certainly uh, would have been a real turn-up for the books if they had gone 0-2 over the last fortnight. Uh, as you say, a nice little uh, clutch of, uh, well, not uh, victory from the jaws of defeat, but at least a draw and, and a split of the points, which gives them just over that game's buffer, which uh, is handy considering recent results. But uh, anything's possible, as we've seen from the recent weeks, mate. But you would have had your work cut out in this one, just picking out three players. I, I reckon you probably could have given points to about a dozen just from what I saw. Yeah, exactly right, mate. I've got four honourables here as well as the three point getters. So, as you can imagine, in a short game, that's uh, likely going to be the case. I'll fire through the honourables first that are unlucky to not get a point. Um, yeah, for me, as I mentioned, Ethan Butterfield on debut, 38 tackles at 97%. His brother, Jaden, in the front row, 169 metres from 19 carries. Uh, teammates of theirs, Gary Anderson, as I highlighted at the top, four tackle bust, a line break, 155 metres. And Jimmy Bradley, who actually played fullback this game with um, Matt Sopel all around the centres and a bit of a reshuffle, he had five tackle bust, a line break, 160 metres. Um, on the central side of things, Cam Anderson, Spider, unlucky not to get a point here, very unlucky. He just got edged out for me by the fourth place. Um, he got one try, a line break, a line break assist, five tackle busts, and, and was really reliable, fullback in tough conditions so unless you want to touch on any of those plays mate I can jump into the No let's keep it rolling mate jump into the the minor placings I can see again you would have had your work cut out with some of the numbers that were thrown up but uh, uh, it's always going to be a contentious one when you have to split a draw and give three points to to a side that didn't pick up two points Yeah exactly Um, yeah we're going to go one point first here to to Lincoln Smith Maitland's edge Uh, he scored two meat pies in this game six tackle busts two line breaks 94% 94% in defence, and he won 100% of his carries, and he shifted to out the centre for a little bit at the end of the game, too, to cover a reshuffle and an injury when um, Perry LeBrock got a, a shoulder injury, which is one to watch, too. So uh, really well done to Lincoln Smith on his, I think, first appearance, at least in the starting side for Maitland this year. Yeah, he's um, he's been a good performer when he when he has had that impact role, but as you say, jumping into the starting lineup and stepping up, but... Uh, Mate, uh, I think it was one of those strike centres that you've, you've picked out for the two points and, and maybe even a man. I think he might have got the bar TV uh, best on ground. He did, mate. Yeah, Kai Cooper in there in the centres for Central. Uh, had a try assist, a line break assist, a line break, seven tackle busts and two offloads. He just had a couple of drop balls for me that, that didn't give him the three points compared to the man I'll highlight in a second. But as we'll mention in a little bit, uh, yeah, Cooper moves up our leaderboard and he's having, having a great season for himself there at Central. 
He's certainly been a really handy acquisition by Phil Williams and his coaching crew out there. And uh, as you say, he'd certainly be up there alongside probably Gary Anderson as one of the, the most consistent and best-performed centres so far in season 2022. It's, it's hard to believe that we're only just sort of just past the midpoint for some teams and not quite there for others, um, considering some of the performances that a number of players have already put together would normally be, you know, the, the uh, I guess the culmination of a season's work, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of the numbers they're putting up, um, even in one half of football, looks like a whole game's worth of numbers. So the quality of this comp and the, the, what the players can produce in both defence and attack is really impressive as the games get uh, faster. Certainly is, mate. But uh, there was a man who stood out above even the uh, likes of Lincoln Smith and Kai Cooper to take out the three points in this one. Uh, wasn't quite enough to steer his team home, but he was uh, a, f- a reasonably clear standout in the end. Yeah, he was to me, mate. Uh, talking about Alex Langridge here, the, the hooker dummy half for, for Maitland. Um, just in his attacking stats first, um, two try assists, three line break assists, and a forced dropout. So really, really vital um, in that in those um, uh, try scoring situations and attacking situations for Maitland. And then on the other side of the ball, which got him the three points, to me, he cracked forty tackles and he won ninety eight percent of the completed tackles. So that's getting off the ground, back square at marker, or back in the line of defence. So. Uh, really, really good effort by Alex, and I thought uh, without him, I think Central would have won. Yeah, he uh, yeah he looked looked uh, to be the key player out there in terms of watching the um, the abridged highlights that I flicked through over the weekend. But uh, a deserving taker of the three points in an absolutely thrilling game, and and up there, I mean, they've played two of them in the last two weeks, Maitland, two of the finishes of the season. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's move on. Speaking of um, so teams that have played in some thrilling finishes, Curry, they came back to earth after their thrilling win the week before over Wyong. They went down twenty points to twelve over uh, against sorry Lakes United down at Carl Oval and Lakes. They'll be very happy to be back in the winners' circle, mate. Yeah, they definitely will be. Um, yeah, I thought Lakes had the better of the first half here and Curry had the better of the second again. Um, but yeah, Curry won't be happy with some of those um, stats with errors and completion rates and, and whatnot. So they have a, a fair bit to work on. But um, yeah, uh, Lakes, yeah, not taking anything away from them. Really resilient. I'm sure Bubba, who, who you'll have on the podcast um, in a little bit, will um, be really happy with that, how they held on to that win. And I saw actually on their Instagram account, the, the post-game, I guess, speech from Bubba and, you know, real fight up after that big one. So uh, we, we, we also have a number of honourable mentions here in the stats too because there were a few to sift through in this game. Yeah, well, just just before we touch on that, I think uh, hats off to Bubba. He blooded, and I know you'll, you'll mention a couple of them here, he blooded a number of, uh, of uh, juniors from the local area this week as well as obviously already having quite a few of them in the squad and they were missing you know, a significant number of players and had a few sort of reshuffled positions and different things. Some of the names that we normally see in there, the, the Matt Coopers and the uh, Jack Kellys of the world weren't available for them. So um, a really big effort for them with um, those local players coming through. But I won't steal your thunder, mate, because I know a couple of them are right amongst your points. Yeah, they are definitely, mate. Well, we'll start off with one of them who got an honourable mention, who just missed out on a point for me. That was the winger and debutant, um, Caleb Faulkner, or Caleb, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct, sorry. He scored a try on debut, which is great to see off a, off a, off a scrap off the ground. He really fought for that in the end goal. He dived on it. Great try. Uh, 101 metres, so he cracked that in his debut. Four tackle busts, an offload, and a line break assist. Um, and also going to, going to give an honourable mention to uh, Nick Glowy, who only played the first half of this match. I think he might have gone off injured. Otherwise, he, I'm sure he would have come back on. Uh, but he put, he put up near full game numbers with just 40 minutes. So two line breaks, three tackle busts, and 120 metres and a half of football was 
was great and laid the platform uh, for his side. And, and, and you did see that in the second half when he wasn't there, then fall away a bit in the middle. Uh, just on the other side of the ball, I'll just give an honourable mention to Curry fullback Ethan Fowles again, 176 metres atop the team with four tackle busts. And um, fan of the show, a friend of the show, Dan, Dan Melmoth off the bench for Curry, big prop forward, 116 metres at 9.7 to carry, which, which was uh, really good for Curry. He, lo- he loves it. a little shout out, does Dan Melmoth. Um, I missed uh, when I called them the other week uh, the ability to, to get into him a little bit because he was suspended for a week, but back with a bang off the bench, mate. Um, he's really made that sort of front row rotation whether starting or off the bench his own since stepping up into first grade this year. So good to see him racking up some numbers in the loss, but... Let's get into the points, mate, into the into the meat of it. And um, it was a bit of a, a seagull sweep in terms of the uh, points. Yeah, it was. One, two, three. We'll start off with the number one, two. Um, Lakes Edge and veteran Mitch Williams here of the Lakes United variety. Uh, he scored a try, 12 runs for 107 metres. 92% of them were eight metres or over. So really, really impact, impactful in, in attack there. And he made 24 tackles at 100% defensive efficiency. Zero penalties or errors in a game where there are a few of them. So... Uh, yeah, pretty good performance there by Mitch. Certainly was. Um, I don't. I don't know how how he'll fancy being called a veteran. He's definitely the uh, more sprightly and youthful of the two, Mitch Williams. I think, but not by much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how old he is. I just know he's got some experience. Now, mate, um, there's going to be some controversy in your two and three points. I think in a certain household around the uh, around the Lakes region, but I'll, I'll leave you to explain and and dig into this. Yeah, mate, well, it was really good to see um, two points going to the debutant and fullback Blake Potts, who filled in for, as you mentioned, Matt Cooper here. Um, just really, really impressive for me. He set a benchmark. He had an incredible 24 support runs and pushes, which, you know, in this comp, you, you, you sometimes see around that 15 to 20 mark, but to crack that 20 mark and um, in his debut and to do what he did with the ball, 15 carries for 162 metres, one line break, two tackle busts and an offload. I thought he looked real dangerous. Um, I know he's young and he's got a bit to put on his frame, but I mean, you see blokes like Spider who are that same build and if he can turn into anything like what Spider is, then, then he'll be a great player. He certainly will, mate. Um, yeah, plenty of talent in their family, although I'm told that the uh, most talented of the family members wears the seven jersey in the women's tackle. So uh, <laughs> not not to be outdone, though. It was, it was another Potts picking up the three points. Yeah, Ryan Potts here, the, the brother. Um, he got uh, sorry, he returned to Lakes after a few weeks off injured and he played hooker in this match. So he moved to nine, Peck moved to lock. So a few plays out of position to accommodate the changes, which made it even more impressive. And, to, and, and what added to that, he made 48 tackles, 48 at 96%. And that's enough probably to get in the points. But he also ran the ball 110 metres at 11 metres of carry. Had a try assist, a line break assist, two tackle busts. And two offloads, both were effective. So, for me, he was a clear winner of the three points here and made it easy for me to pick. Yeah, those sorts of numbers make it really hard to be uh, denied three points. So, well done to Ryan Potts uh, and also to, to Blake and Mitch. But I think that, that's got to be a first. I think two brothers picking up points in the same game. I don't know if we've had the Langbridges do the same. but um, I think we have, I think we have but, I, but they're the only ones. Oh, well, in good company then, certainly, especially Blake on debut, if he can continue that up. And they're going to give Bubba some selection headaches when they've got players coming back in, that's for sure. But let's move along, mate, and let's head down the freeway or the highway a little and uh, head to the Central Coast. It was the Central Coast derby uh, on Saturday and the entrance, unfortunately, they're 0 from 2 now in the Coast derbies in season 2022. And this one was, was quite a key result because it really just meant that Wyong opened up again that two-point gap after they lost to Curry last week. 
Yeah, as you mentioned to Grant on the podcast last week, it was you know vital for both both sides to win this game and get some momentum in the back end of the season. And you know, Wyong obviously come off the better the better after this game. And you know, this is a game I, I didn't watch. Sorry, the full game or the, the analysis here because I don't do either side. But I look at the key moments and have come up with some points with some help uh, from people who are at the ground as well. So uh, we'll dive into the points here, mate, and we'll just start with um a point here for uh, Henry Penn, the centre for Wyong. He had a, a one try assist. And from what I saw on the footage and from what people at the ground said, yeah, he looks strong with his carries, as we know Henry is and has done for many years. So uh, a quick point there to Henry Penn. Yeah, he's been he's been solid in no matter what colours he's pulled on. Um, he's been in a few different clubs around the area, including uh, playing some New South Wales Cup and the like as well for the Knights. So, um, yeah, a good, uh, a good performance again from Henry. No surprise uh, that he stepped up in the derby, mate. But who else from Wyong in this Fairly one-sided performance, 24-8. to eight. They end up running out winners. Uh, managed to pick up the points here. Yeah, two points quickly there to um, winger Kai Martin. Uh, he had two tries and two line breaks off those tries, so really nice finishes there uh, in a game where I only analysed the key moments, but those stood out to me. So, yeah, um, two points for Kai. And then we're going to go three points to Luke Sharp, who he capped off a strong day with a try in the corner. Really nice finish there for a fullback, a winger style. Uh, and he was voted best on ground by his team as well. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I don't do this. Didn't do this match from a statistics point of view. Uh, I don't have the time. It's about twelve hour shift yesterday on Sunday, cracking through the teams that I do do. So, from what I know though about Luke, is it, um, from experience, his stats would have backed, backed up his vote, uh, team vote as, as best on ground. So, I'm going to give three points to Luke here. Yeah, he gets through plenty of work, pops up in lots of different roles. He's um, that old school fullback that basically just does lots of different pieces. It's not just running, it's not just ball playing, it's slotting into the line, doing whatever's required and, you know, probably epitomised, as you said, by appearing in the corner to score a winger's try in inverted commas because he's just looking for an opportunity where he can add to the team and, as we'll see later on, there's a reason he features a fair way up our leaderboard at the moment, mate. But uh, that wraps up our Central Coast derby. Sunday was the uh, the real day of upsets, I, I would think you'd have to say, mate. Um, we thought that Maitland and Central was a, was a bit of a funny result, but uh, let's move on to Souths and the Scorps. Scorps coming off that win over Maitland. Souths at home again after narrowly getting away with one against their rivals against West last week, and the Lions just far too strong in the end, and, and look, they look like to have it sort of in their control for the majority of the fixture, running at 26 to 16 winners in the end. Uh, Macquarie never really went away, but yeah, the, the Lions far too strong and, and a crucial two points, especially um, considering the way the ladder sits now. It sees them closed within a game and a half of Maitland. Yeah, definitely, mate. This was an interesting game here. I thought, um, you know, the Scorps really killed themselves with uncharacteristic errors and penalties, like really low count there. Um, but as you know, as the coaches would, would tell you that. You know, that they'll learn off that and, and they only got really put away at the end of the game. Like you said, they stay with South for the game. So I'm sure Scorps will take something out of it and, and a bit to work on. But um, yeah, credit to South for just keeping on exceeding, I guess, pre-season expectations for the club and a huge win at home. And as you mentioned, a, a, a pivotal point in the season. So some impressive individual performances this one too. I've got about um, three honourable mentions to crack off with before we go into the point. Yeah, mate, we'll get away with that in one moment. Just in terms of just looking at that ladder, it's, it's quite scary to think that Souths are only sort of a win and a draw behind Maitland, and they've actually got a game in hand, which, interestingly enough, will be against Macquarie later in the year. So that's going to be a key game because both these sides are within striking distance of Maitland, especially if Maitland slip any more time. So, mate, on that note, I will hand over to you with the honourable mentions and, and three very deserving uh, players in terms of the 3-2-1. and one. 
Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, that's um, well analysed there. And yeah, just going into the honourable uh, mentions here, we're going to start with um, the winger, Justin Affleck. Two tries on the wing for South, a strong 106 metres. He just missed the point for me with a with a sin bin in a, in a pivotal moment there. So unlucky for Justin there. Um, for the Scorps, I thought Baden Spell put up the best attacking numbers. Um, two try assists, two line break assists, a try contribution, two line break contributions, a fourth dropout and two tackle busts, but he had a couple of negatives scattered on the stats too, so he just missed the points for me. Uh, and also, the final honourable mention, a shout-out to uh, prop forward for South, Jack Cameron. Uh, first start of the season, I'm pretty sure. He's starting for Big Simo, who um, recently had had a, had a child, I thought, so congratulations to Simo and the family there. Um, but uh, Cameron, yeah, stood in, stood in well. 13 carries, 123 metres, 25 tackles at 93%, four tackle busts, and one offload. So, well done to those three guys, but just missed out on the points for me. Hey, we've got, we've got, we need better from our sponsors. Getting sin bin in games costs themselves points. It's not not ideal. Uh, it would have been his first chance to get on the leaderboard and uh, on the on the board full stop for this year, mate. Justin Affleck. Yeah, yeah, it would have been, mate. But yeah, just just not to me. Um, but uh, a good performance otherwise outside outside of that little indiscretion there. Um, right. But we'll move into the. Oh, I was going to say right. discipline. Discipline not his key, but um, certainly delivering uh, good skip bins is. So just make sure to uh, <laughs> reach out to junkyard skips for them, and um, you know just probably have an extra ten minutes to get back to customer calls there while he's off off on the sidelines because it's not NRL rules with no mobile phones. But en- enough about our, our great sponsor, junkyard skips, and onto the three, two, and one, mate. Yeah, more, more skips, more more skip bins, less sin bins for. Beautiful, for I like it. I like it. That might be a title. I think. <laughs> Very good. All right, we'll move on to the point here. Um, the other prop for, for South Newcastle, Frank Paul, the wrecking ball here, uh, scored a try, uh, line break with that try, two tackle bus, 124 metres and 13 carries, and 100% in defence. So pretty faultless from big Frank there, and he certainly um, you know, turned the tide when he was on when he came back on. So well done to big Frank. Big numbers there from big Frank, mate. Uh, he's winding back the clock. But I did notice, I don't know, did you see his post-game interview by any chance? I did, yeah, in the sheds, yeah. There is, there is not a spare inch of canvas on that body, and it's a big body. There's, uh, he spent some money on the tats, has Frank. He's a uh, human moving artwork, and um, his stats are pretty, um, pretty up there in terms of, uh, you know, being uh, immortalised worthy. So, yeah, a great performance. Good to see Frank Paul in good form, and he's been um, a great addition to the Lions this year. But onto the two and one, mate. Uh, two and three, sorry. Yeah, the two points here, the south winger, Reeve Howard. Uh, he, he did play wing this game. He usually, sometimes plays fullback, but uh, Harry Mandata went back to fullback for this one. Um, so, yeah, Reeve, he sealed the match there with an intercept try right at the end to close it out. Besides than that, well, that intercept bumped his totals up, but it, it left him with 152 metres from only nine carries. And those nine carries, he had six tackle busts, a line break, which was, which was separate, obviously, to the intercept because uh, if the listeners are interested, you, you can't get a line break off an error. Um, so that doesn't count. Uh, he had one forced error, which which is attributed to that intercept we mentioned, um, and just an overall solid performance from from Reeve. Yeah, lovely. Again, another one that's been a really good addition to the red and white. But the man that picks up the three points, he's not an addition, but he's returned this year. And wow, has he made a difference to South Newcastle? Um, certainly been a, a key contributor in a number of their victories so far in 2022. Yeah, he has. Uh, that's Ryan Glanville we're talking about there, who started in the 13 again today, but he got his hands on the ball a bit more this game and ran, ran it a bit more, which is good to see. So that, that gave him a try, but he also had 128 metres and 15 runs, which is which is more in the last few weeks than he's had. Um, six tackle busts, one line break, three offloads, 20 tackles at 95%, and importantly, no errors in a match where there, there were a few for both sides. So 
Um, really, really good job leading from the front there from Ryan. Certainly warms the hearts of uh, Legacy Knights fans, mate. A Glanville in a 13 jersey, 220-odd games. I think Mark played at, at lock, so um, he's uh, more suited to the microphone and running the comp these days at MG, but um, great to see uh, his young fella doing him proud in the 13 jersey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as you mentioned, he did all the post-game interviews um, as well, Mark. So, yeah, he's stepping up there and he's the content for the, for the, for the league. Um, yeah, really getting better this season. Certainly is great to see them getting out there and uh, also getting up there with the podcast. There's lots of local footy podcasts now, which is great for the coverage and spread of our game. Uh, mate, uh, let's move on to the final game of the year and the West Rosellas finally broke their duck. Um, unfortunate for the Cessnock Goannas, but great to see that everyone now has at least that one win and everyone has one loss to their name. We thought we might have gone through a season where Maitland might have gone completely undefeated, but... Things are starting to, to compress in at either end, mate, and it's what we like to see. Everyone's still in the mix. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned the other a few weeks ago, uh, until last week, you, you know, you never ride off west, even halfway to the comp without a win. So let's see what they can do building off this one. Um, yeah, disappointing for Seth Knock in this game. I thought, well, obviously, I did the stats for them for the first time after the match, but they actually started the match. And in the first half, 20 from 20, so 100% completion rate in the first half. But they only led by four points. So, um, you know, West were resilient to get through that level of defense and consistency from Cessnock there. And, yeah, credit to them for getting the first win of the season at Harker. I'm sure the, the fans and, and everyone and yeah, at the club, I'm sure it's a big party afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure they would have uh, would have been happy with it. But I did see uh, Coach Lowry uh, heading over at halftime because I was fortunate enough to be at Harker Oval. And I think he might have peeled some paint off the walls with his with his uh, just based on the look he had as he uh, stormed across. But it doesn't get any easier for West. You, you chalk up your first win, and then you get to take on a Maitland side that hasn't won in two weeks, and will be smarting, coached by your old coach Matt Lantry. So there will be no love <laughs> lost there. But if if they could cause the boil over there as well, that would throw an absolute cat amongst the pigeons with the ladder, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, mate. As well, I saw Matt's post game interview for Maitland too, and he alluded to maybe them getting back Reid Olchen as well. So. They're going to be strong on next week, Maitland. They're going to be very hungry after two weeks of disappointing results for them. And, yeah, we'll see what the team lists they put out in them. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game. Certainly will. But uh, in this one, it was West that got the points in a narrow result. They hung on to the death. And, as you say, they defended resolutely at different points on their line. Um, and no surprise to see them taking out their major honour. But it was a couple of the, uh, the Cessnock boys, including one returning from the New South Wales Cup, that picked up the uh, minor points. Yeah, it was indeed, mate. And just a quick honourable to um, West fullback number one. Again, we mentioned him last week, um, Hayden Lockery. Uh, the commentator were pronouncing it Lockery. I said I said Lockery last week, so apologies if I'm still getting that wrong. But uh, whatever the case, he's killing it at number one for, for West. Just missed out on the points here. Obviously, I don't do West uh, full stats out at number of tackle bus, but just want to give him another shout-out. Really impressive. But as you alluded to, yeah, one point goes to a Tesla player. That's winger. Um, Honetti Tuha. Uh, um, you can tell me if I butchered that. Is pretty, it? Pretty, I think that's pretty on the money. That's how I would have gone. So, uh, yeah. But Honetti, let us know if it's not correct. Yeah, let us know. Um, anyway, but no, he had a great game. He scored a try uh, in the corner there. 109 metres at 9.1 a carry. Six tackle busts, a line break. Uh, no penalties or errors or line break or try causes, which is when, um, well, self-explanatory, when you, when you directly contribute to the other team um, having one of those. So, um, pretty good performance there, as you'd expect of a player of his calibre. Yeah, he certainly uh, added some punch to their outside edges. Uh, the next man, though, um, two points. He's been a key performer for them in a number of games this year. Pretty much any game where they've either won or been close, this guy's where he's played, he's put up some good numbers. 
Yeah, and um, if it wasn't for a little bit on defense, I think he might have got three points in a losing side for me here. Um, in attack, he was just he was just everywhere. Uh, it was White Shaw we're talking about here, the edge for Cessnock. Played number twelve to, uh, during the game. He scored a try. Nearly had as many tackle busts at his jersey number eleven tackle busts, which is one of the highest we've seen for a few weeks. Uh, a line break, an offload, one hundred and forty-seven meters at nine point eight a carry. So I couldn't leave him out of the points for mine. Uh, he, he looked, you know, again, we talk about the eye test versus stat test. He looked really strong. They probably looked the two best of them in terms of the eye test, Hanetti uh, Tua and uh, um, White Shaw. So, and not surprising that the man who picks up the three points, he looked very good on the eye test. He was involved in quite a lot, ball playing out of dummy half and linking in with uh, Sam Keenan and Max Badiris in a number of different moves. Yeah, he was. That's um, West Hooker Fraser Price there. Um, three points for me and a great performance. The tries is two line breaks of his own really sharp out of dummy half and in, in those movements. Uh, and a further try contribution and line break contribution. So you can see he's had his hands all over the ball at key times during the game. Uh, four tackle buffs to go along with his strong running and also two offloads to create some second phase play, which is pretty good from a, a smaller player. So well done to Fraser and um, well done to West. And, you know, one of those teams that I'd be interested in doing the stats for. I think I've run out of time in my life, though, to do any more this season. But um, it would be nice to see uh, an in-depth view to their side stats-wise to see who's really um, putting in metres as well and, and the other um, secondary stats. So, yeah, as I said, well done to West. Yeah, it certainly was great to see them get a win. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have been taking some uh, comfort in, in West Misery this year. Uh, there is always a good rivalry with them because of their dominance through the 90s and 2000s. But um, we'd like to see, certainly you and I as fans of local footy, We'd love it if we were heading into into the last round of the year, into round 18, and, and all 10 teams were still in the finals hunt, and it came down to results and things. Geez, that'd be uh, that'd be exciting, and it's still possible, mate, as the way as the way everything sits at the moment. Yeah, that'd be ripper, mate. If that was the case, um, yeah, we, we we just love football, mate. At the end of the day, that's why we put in, uh, you know, these hours for free for the podcast and, and and doing the stats and and you know you refereeing and in the past and and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, we just love it and hope hope the season's as exciting at the end as it has been in the middle and the, and the and the start. Yeah, it's been a cracking season so far. And look, the only thing I ask for is if it is that close, then we go back to the old days of fifth and sixth place playoff games, and you know everyone has to play in to get to the finals. That just means because that just means more games of footy, mate. I, I know you probably wouldn't like having to do the stats midweek to try and catch things up, but you know that sounds like that sounds like a uh, a Josh Spiegelman problem, not a Chris McPherson one. No, nah, mate, I'd, I'd be down for that. I'm always down to watch. No matter what I'm doing with it, so yeah, love it, mate. It's life, isn't it? It is indeed. It is indeed, and it's a great competition we have at our disposal. And um, yeah, certainly appreciate the engagement from from all the punters, but also um, the players that, that get behind it as well and support what we're doing. And, and the engagement we've had has just been certainly for me. Like, I obviously sit on the side of a lot of the Instagram stuff you do, mate. The engagement we've had from the players and response has been overwhelming. So we love being able to give something to you guys, but also for you guys to engage back is um, is, is really wonderful. Yeah, it's great to see um, yeah, the engagement picking up. On, I know I, I do most of the Instagram, you do most of the Facebook. We're going to great responses on both. So, um, yeah, we just want to grow it. And I think, you know, most of the players in, in the competition and first grade probably follow us on either platform now. And lots of banter back and forth, whether it be about stats or opposition or, 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 or you. <laughs> or their teammates. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's always, there's always a good opportunity. Um, and, and, yeah, again, we love that engagement. And if there's any ideas or concepts out there that any of you guys have got that we can do, again, you know, we are limited time. Unfortunately, uh, our day jobs do occasionally get in the way of our, our 
over exuberance in, in our hobby. Um, we're certainly open to having a look at what other things we can get involved with, uh, whether that be this year or in the future. We're, yeah, there's no no ideas that are bad ideas. We'll, we'll have a way up of anything um, and consider what we can do to to add some more coverage and value to the comp where it's you know humanly feasible because we are running out of waking hours. We might need to learn how to uh, just sleep every second night, mate. Oh, it'd be great, mate. If I could, if I could do that, I'd get a lot more done. Um, you know, my, my goal would be obviously to do all ten teams or maybe eleven if um, the new one, the Hawks, come in um, sometime soon. And you know, I know it's for the coaches' benefit and the players, but it'd be great to you know share more in depth stats to, to the public and just have that resource available for them because obviously you can do that for NRL and lots of cool graphics that I'm trying to you know increase on our platform, but. Yeah, it's just massively into it, mate. It's just a passion, like you said, and you have the same for your area. So I think it's good that we joined forces. It certainly has been. It's been great fun so far, and I look forward to it continuing. But the other one we do, of course, need to mention is thank you to the coaches who do and the clubs who do pay for your services in allowing us to be able to share these stats out there in the broader community because I think it does add another level of, you know, um, sensory benefit to the to the rugby league community around, you know, the, the tangible numbers of, of rugby league that we see, you know, when we tune into Fox or Channel 9. So it um, doesn't go without notice that those guys are, you know, allowing us to do that because it is their IP that they're paying for. Yeah, exactly, mate. And, and as I mentioned a few times, it's obviously we'll only ever post or, or mention um, positive stats. We'll never give away negative because obviously that's to do with you know player analysis and where you can target and whatnot. So uh, obviously I don't share stats between clubs either. So lots of confidentiality, but um, all above board. And like we said, just driving engagement for, for League Castle and the fans. Certainly is, mate. Well, with that, that is a, a nice, long, in-depth analysis of round 10. We're into the run home. Nearly everyone's played half their games, mate, and we've pulled apart lots of them. Well, mostly you. I just talk a little bit of uh, fluffy nonsense to add add a bit to it if I can. But appreciate you coming on again, mate. Appreciate your time on um, you know a Monday evening this week again to to pull it all together and, and talk footy. And, and we look forward to hopefully catching up for a uh, another steak sandwich somewhere around the traps, mate. And uh, uh, also pulling apart plenty more footy in the remaining eight rounds and the catch up games to come. Yeah, that's, that, that'd be great, mate. And um, if, you, if you want, we can leave the leader. What are we doing the Dally? Oh, I, I, missed, no, I missed the leaderboard. You, you, you've called me out. Let's, let's, we'll have a quick run through. Um, I would love to we, we might just do the the, uh, the eights, nines, and tens this week, just in the interest of time, because we are already over half an hour. But I'll let you yep. fire through um, all of our top six players from sixth or from equal fourth through to first, mate. Fire away. Yeah, so two South boys here are tied on eight points, Lewis Hamilton and Ryan Glanville, so fighting neck and neck for the honours uh, on eight points as well. Wyong, Mitch Williams, the captain there, is on eight points. Uh, that is closely behind Maitland's leader, Matt Sopalor, still on nine. And we have in equal first place two new leaders um, this week. So uh, Luke Sharp from Wyong um, got the three points this week, so 10 points, and he's tied with um, Kaya Cooper from Central, who's had that blistering start to the first half of the year on 10 points so yeah really neck and neck and as you mentioned there's there's a lot of players close by to them so yeah, anyone's game there certainly is mate there's plenty of players sitting back in the seven sixes and fives and the other thing i did mention i know we've talked about it briefly but we will be also alongside awarding the player of the year at the end of the year we will name from the points similar to what the Dally m does i know it's not perfect and it's not the best system but we will be naming a uh, team of the year the, the top 17 um, so yeah and we will try and shuffle as many of the high performers into positions that they could play or would play without going to left field we won't have Nick Glowey playing uh, seven or fullback or anything crazy 
um, as much as he might <laughs> like to the Scottish International. But yeah, we'll, we'll put that together at the end of the year as well, just for a bit more of a an honours system, I think, too, mate. Just to uh, I think really give some due cause because it's great to finally get a full season, you know, properly accredited in touch wood uh, that nothing crazy like monkeypox or anything gets hold of us in between now and then. <laughs> yeah, don't jinx it, mate. Let's hope we get to the end and a good grand final. And um, yeah, definitely name a well-deserving team of the year. I'm sure we can come up. Probably be very hard to, to narrow it down, to be honest. Uh, we might, might be like the NBA, mate. We might have a first, first 17, second 17 and third 17. But anyway, we'll, we'll have some fun with it and uh, make sure that there's plenty of recognition for everyone. And uh, the good news now is if monkeypox does strike us down, everyone knows who to blame. <laughs> That's right, mate. Um, yeah, I won't touch on that. <laughs> Excellent, mate. Well, I'll let you get back to your week and uh, those other commitments that uh, tear us away occasionally from rugby league, those lovely other halves that we have, as well as day jobs that pay us so that we can do this in our, in our spare time as a hobby, mate. So, again, thank you and uh, look forward to talking during the week and again on the pod next week. Thanks very much, Chris. Thanks, all the listeners. Um, yeah, looking forward to a, a rip around 11. It should be fun. Big thanks to Josh with all your stats there, some in-depth coverage of the statistical analysis inside of the Denton Engineering Cup. Plenty of really good performers and great to see some of those on debut or in the early stages of their career. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to rejoin Talking Denton Engineering Cup with Ian Bubba-Burks, the head coach of the Lakes United Seagulls. All right, time to dig further into the Denton Engineering Cup, and we are fortunate enough to have uh, got hold of a man who has done it all in the uh, Newcastle Rugby League. He's won premierships as a player. He's a Lake Storward. He's gone on to coach International and Indigenous Women's Rugby League, and now he's back at the helm of his beloved Lakes United Seagulls. Ian Bubba Burke. Berkey, good to have you on the show, mate. Uh, good to be here, Chris. Hey, good to talk to you, mate, finally. Yeah, it's great to get you here, mate. Um, and as we were just talking about off the air, mate, uh, perfect timing. Uh, one, we'll talk about results in a minute, but the big thing at the moment on Lakes Calendar, a big weekend ahead with the uh, 75th anniversary celebrations, mate. Uh, yeah, as you know, mate, um, 75 years in uh, in rugby league is, is, is a fair milestone, and in particular in Newcastle Rugby League at this great club, but they had to do it the hard way majority of the time. So, um, yeah, big celebrations. Uh, I think it's... Starts on Friday at Swansea RSL with uh, an old boys function uh, leading into Saturday night's um, main event, which is the 75th anniversary uh, dinner at Belmont 16 Footers, who's a major sponsor, as well as Swansea RSL. And then up to our other sponsor after the game on, on Sunday at Carlo Oval against Cessnock to Jules Tavern to sort of um, wrap up proceedings, mate, hopefully after a few victories on Sunday. Yeah, well, well, certainly um, looking at the, the weekend you just had, if you could continue that form, I think every, every team from Lakes Juniors through to first grade had a win, barring the reserve grade, who just didn't get on the paddock because of a really unfortunate injury in the 19s, mate. So um, a really good lead-in weekend into it. Um, you'd have to be pretty satisfied with all the juniors and the seniors chalking up two points across the board. Yeah, and that's that's our, our main vision of the club is, is to be successful across the board and you know, first grade's got a lot of um, lot of work to do, mate. But you know, a win in this competition at any stage is um, you, you, you've got to embrace it and you've got to respect it because they're hard to come by. Um, as you've seen, you know, West Top of over Sassnock on the weekend. Um, Maitland had a draw and then last week got beat by Macquarie. You know, South Top of over Macquarie. Um, if you don't turn it up um, and you and, and you're a bit complacent on the day, uh, any team can win. You're certainly right, um, and we've seen that more. Um more epitomised than ever over those last two rounds. It's been uh, 
sort of very topsy-turvy. But it's, I think that's a great sign for the competition that shows that while, you know, Maitland might have been dominant and, and West and a couple other clubs have, have had some battles this year, uh, no one's too far away if, if someone, you know, is a little bit off or someone turns up with all guns firing at 100%. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. It's a really... Now, being back after, you know, a 10-year stint away, uh, yeah, really enjoying enjoying watching, you know, the brand of footy being played and, and the coaching style of different coaches at each club. And, you know, we're well-equipped we're well equipped, um, with really, really intelligent coaches who have been at, at, at a high level. You know, Matty Lantry, Bobcat, you know, Harry Seager's just starting out his ca- uh, captain coaching career, but, you know, he's been at, at a high level in NRL as a player. So... Um, Toddy Lowry at West, you know, there's, there's, there's some real astute coaches in the competition and it's it's just, um, you can see that it comes out in, in, in the way, you know, teams are playing at the moment. But I, I'm just proud to be back at Lakes. That's where home is for me and, and, and just doing my bit and, and hopefully changing the landscape a bit along with some of our staff, you know, the wonderful staff and executive around us that are doing a, you know, a wonderful job from, from the juniors all the way through to the seniors at the moment, mate. Yeah, you're certainly right. And you talk about coaching names, mate. Uh, a guy who's uh, working with you and is, he took the reins of the rep side this year is Abe's, uh, a name that obviously is uh, most people who listen to the podcast would know quite well, Daniel Abraham from his time at the Knights and the Cowboys. But uh, certainly been great for him to get those opportunities and probably great to ha- have him on board at Lakes as well, mate. Yeah, yeah. It started early on in the piece. Me and Abe have had a long sort of connection through high-performance seminars and, 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 you know, and just, I suppose, in local league as well, coming across each other and, and, um, yeah, when we approached sort of Daniel Abraham, he, he didn't know what he wanted to do. He didn't know whether he wanted to be at the Knights. Uh, he's starting a uni degree in coaching um, as well. So he's got his business out there, real training out at, um, out at um, Bullaroo. So, you know, um, Abe's got a lot going on in his, in his life at the moment. But um, when, we, when we sort of approached him, we said, look, you know, Matty Craig's gone back in at the Knights. Um, pretty sure he was the SG ball um, strength and conditioner this year. So... We supported Matty on that decision and we needed someone to sort of step up and fill that role. And we knew that Abe was a sort of a, you know, um, he, he loved those, you know, he loves his training. He loves his strength and conditioning side of rugby league too. And he's, you know, he's probably, um, you know, just in the infancy stage of that. Uh, I know speaking to him of late, he, he wants to be a coach. He wants to go down the coaching lines, but, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a good string to have in his bow because um, when he moves forward, he'll understand all the mechanisms of the moving parts of running a whole club. So um, it's been great. It's been wonderful. Breath of fresh air. But, you know, I've got to speak highly of my other assistant coach, Matt Nicholl. He could have quite easily been in the Knights if offered an opportunity. You know, myself and Matty have had a fair uh, association as well, being in the New South Wales Cup as assistants under Rory cost Jason uh, a few years ago. So I've got some staff around me. Mark Wilton's come back out uh, now after, um, you know, Grant Huggins in the open grade, Johnny Prince, uh, Lyndon Shepherd, uh, who is an NRL um, sort of development officer in our community. Uh, he's come back from South um, after a two-year stint away. So um, the rest of the coaching staff I've got around, um, you know, is just assisting in, in our vision moving forward, mate. But... Um, yeah, Abe has got a big future. He's probably at that stage where he needs to probably decide on what he wants to do moving forward um, as well. But, um, you know, we'd love to have him around for another 12 months. Um, and um, hopefully he's learning a fair bit. But um, at the end of the day, mate, um, yeah, we're, we're always here to support people moving on and progressing. That's what we're about, whether they're a player, executive, 
um, coach, um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter, mate. That's what we're about. Yeah, it's certainly something I know, and you know, obviously, I've got some connections from my time having played with Lakes, but also with you know being quite close to Tony Delaney, who's a new executive, and it's been a pathway system. That's what Lakes is about. It's about bringing those guys through, and we'll get to it in a moment. The guys coming through from the junior system, whether it is players, coaches, administrators, whatever it might be, coming through from your feeder clubs, so your Swansea, uh, Valentine, Belmont North, and Windale, having those all feed in, and, and a lot of the coaches and first graders that have come before you um, and played alongside you, even have come from those junior your areas it would have been really pleasing for you mate as someone who's got a focus like that to have debuted three very talented footballers on the weekend uh, all who've come through that junior system yeah it's exciting it's really exciting Chris oh, it's, uh, I think when I took lakes on it I, I want to I've always wanted to challenge myself whether it be at, you know with the Cook Island women uh, with the uh, indigenous uh, women's team I always like to challenge myself because I feel as though that um, you know, if you walk into a club that's already been established, you've got more pressure on you. Um, and I think that's not a real test of the coach's uh, credentials. So I really wanted to challenge myself with Lakes. I knew that Robbie Payne had done some really good work um, prior to him exiting Lakes um, as well, mate. So I just felt as though that I had enough experience and I, I felt as though I had something to give back to the local community and in particular Lakes, mate, that needed it. They don't have a great deal of money. We keep, you know, we don't use that as an excuse anymore. As soon as I turned up there, I just realised that, no, this is an excuse. So what's our commodity? And our commodities were, you know, Valentine, Belmont North, Windale and Swansea. You know, we needed to focus on bringing our juniors through a lot more, bringing good coaches through those systems as well, into our Lakes junior system and then hopefully through to our senior system. And we slowly, slowly carved out carved out that pay, um pathway now for everyone and uh, there's you know we have a, a powerpoint presentation of our pathway system now um who you know personally you know we've got a really good catchment area that you know we need to make sure that we're looking after first and foremost the natural progression for how much nights and the nrl after nights overlook them then yeah we'll, we'll push them towards another nrl club but, you know, at the end of the day, we want them to know that when they leave and if they don't make the NRL, well, there's a home here for them. And Taj Blackman, Caleb Faulkner, you know, um, you know, Blake Potts on the weekend, to be that head coach. And the rest of the coaching staff have had a huge influence on these. Kurt Tale of a lot of people. A lot of people who established these, you know, programs and systems. And I've just put some finishing touches on them, mate. But, um, you know, to everyone that's involved from Valentine, from Swansea, from Windale and from Belmont North, um, we just, we're truly grateful for what they provide for our club because at the end of the day, they finish at 15s and they come to Lakes Juniors and that's their identity then. They become a Lakes, Lakes United product and um, that's their home. Um, so we want to make it as comfortable as possible. But obviously, you know, we want to make sure that it's a, a learning skills as well. Yeah, certainly, and and what better way to start, as you said, you know, not only to have three of them on debut, but for them to on debut chalk a win, and you know, it would have been even sweeter for for one of the boys, Blake, being out there with his brother as well, mate. There's not too many guys that get to play any first grade games, let alone make their debut alongside their brother. And then I know from talking, no, to and and yeah, yeah, look, mate, that's that's pretty special. We Blake United after coming moving down from Inverell. You know, he's been in the night system as a coach. 
He's played at Lakes United. You know, Debbie Debbie Potts in her own right is an Australian touch football player. So, you know, we've got Jess Potts there playing in the in the Open's women's team. Um, you know, we've got Jaden Potts in the Open grade, who's coached by you know his uncle Grant Huggins and his dad. You know, Troy Potts, and then we've got Blake and um, Blake and Ryan in first grade. So it's 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 just a generational cycle at Lakes that we need to need to protect as well. You know, we've got Emmertons there, we've got Heaney's, um, Ewers, you know, they're, they're, they're synonymous in rugby league around our Belmont area. So, um, yeah, the future's bright, mate, but we just got to, we got to polish up the field still, mate. Um, but, you know, we've got then, young playing group. Yeah, certainly. And, and I noticed one of the other focuses, obviously, leading into this season, mate, was uh, bringing back a couple of those guys who'd, who'd gone and, you know, they were those local juniors and, and sort of escaped the catchment for a little while. A couple of them went just up the road to Central in recent years. So bringing back the likes of Mitchie Williams and Jack Kelly as well, that was a key part of that sort of community identity and, and going back to the roots of the junior clubs. Yeah, definitely, mate. You know, previously, I've been at the club um, before where we've gone down the other other line where we've had to bring players in, but there's been reasons why you have to bring players in because you, your juniors in those particular positions, you know, aren't quite ready. You know, we don't want to rush them into first grade and then all of a sudden, you know, um, we criticise their performances because they're not physically ready, they're not mentally ready, you know, their, their, their intelligence about rugby league is not quite there. So, you know... Sometimes we get the elements wrong in years gone by, but I think this time around I've learnt to develop, um, you know, a system that is, you know, is always thinking about the athlete and the individual, um, trying to improve them as men and as players as well. Um, You know, football is a small part of their life. We just want these young men to have humility and respect around the community and, um, you know, be seen to, you know, be, be grateful for what they've got too, mate. So it's a huge part of what we're trying to sell um, at our club. Um, it's a part of our DNA too, that, you know, humility, resilience, respect, um, selflessness, you know, and that's what we're driving. You know, we just want to make a difference or be a difference in the community as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's starting to sort of, starting to improve because we're seeing big crowds there at the moment and that's all our crowd in our community want to see. They want to see good local juniors having a good hard track and they're certainly doing that this year. That they certainly are, mate, and that, that probably leads in, as we said, to just a, a quick chat about last weekend's game and uh, as we talked about, it was a victory over Curry. Uh, Reasonably flattering in the end, eight points, twenty to twelve. Everyone knows Curry. While they might not be too high on the ladder, they're down, sort of in that sort of eighth and ninth spot with yourself at the moment. They're not an easy side to beat. So to bring in young players, especially in key positions, and still get that win, it had to be pleasing against a, a side that won't give you many inches um, or give you much, uh, certainly for free. No, no, they was you know they're, they're a desperate team too, like us, and a, and a desperate club. They want to win. They fight hard. They're a very physical team. Very physical team and. We felt as though going in twelve nil, we you know, and it was a really, really strange day for rugby league. You know, there was an unfortunate neck injury in, in the under nineteens to a young Curry player who, where, where you know, we I did say after the game to Tony Delaney, we you know, we send our well wishes and we've we've got some information back that he is doing okay, which is great. I reached out to Aaron Watts to find out how both players were doing. So it was a really strange day because then after nineteens, sort of um, that injury occurred. Uh, New South Wales made the call to cancel reserve grade, which was unfortunate. And then we get another another suspected neck injury in, in first grade just two seconds prior to 
prior to half time, and um, we didn't know when the ambulance come. We didn't know me, me and what we were talking. We didn't know if it was going to be replayed, and we couldn't afford it at both teams because we got two catch up games. But you know, after the break, they came out. They came out and they were prepared, and we 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 were ready for it. But you know, our younger guys just probably need to learn a bit quicker how to manage games. You know, we had a fair few touch football players. Um, with a bit of touch football background on the weekend and, you know, even though we played exciting, there was times where we probably should have just harnessed a couple of extra passes or offloads and, and, and just um, managed the game a bit better in that second half. But, you know, like I said, they scored right on the, right on the um, uh, you know, right on the bell at, uh, in the second half, which sort of flattered the scoreline. But, you know, they fought really hard, Curry, in the second half. And when, we're not going to expect anything different. We know what Seth Knox sort of presents. They're a really... Really good quality side. You know, Harry's doing a wonderful job up there with them. Um, no, they're going to look to bounce back on Sunday and try and um, sort of ambush us at home and on our big big celebrations. I wouldn't say ambush us. You know, they're probably um, predicted to win by, you know, all, all the opponents out there. But, um, you know, hopefully we can put in another good performance and, and get the two points for, for all the old boys and, and for the 75th anniversary. Yeah, certainly, mate. Well, you, you want to hope the League Castle tipsers tips them because they've been having an absolute <laughs> shock of the League Castle tipsers in recent weeks. And if they tip Cessna, well, they can stop a train at the moment. We might, <laughs> we might before we let you go, Bubba, just have a quick look at the other games for, for this weekend and get some quick thoughts. You've seen the majority of the competition now, if not all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Mate, an interesting one. West coming off their first win. Maitland, Matty Lantry coming up against his old or one of his old clubs. He'll certainly be uh, having his pickers up, up for this one down at Harker Oval after a loss and a draw in the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, most certainly. I, I, I think Maitland, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, West will start to improve. I remember last year, you know, not having been involved in the competition, but looking from afar that, you know, West went on a bit of a run after they won their first game. So, Toddy's a good coach, um, you know, having been his assistant before in the night. So I know how he operates and, and uh, he wouldn't be happy with where they're sitting at the moment. Um, and I don't think their group would be happy where they're sitting. You know, a good young, young, young bunch of men. So... Um, they play a good good brand of footy, but you know, at the end of the day, I think I don't think you know Matty will let this one slip too um, too much this week, mate. I think he'll have them fire. Yeah, certainly. Undoubtedly, he'll be up for that trip back to Harker. The next one, South there at Townsend again. They've been in some really good form, and they've they've probably flown under the radar a little bit. A lot of people talking about the uh, Maitlands and the and the Cessnocks and the Macquarie's, but South have snuck up to second on the ladder. They are only a win and a half behind Maitland with a game in hand, and they take on an entrance side who you just can't quite pick what they're going to turn up with. Some weeks they turn up and, and blow their opposition off the park. Others, they just seem to be a little bit in their shell and, and take it a little bit too long to get warmed up and into the game. Yeah, I wish they didn't turn up two Friday nights ago. <laughs> but, um, they got out two before the stole out two points at home. But, um, yeah, we've got a good look at entrance. Um, they've got some good halves there. Uh, Pizzle steers them around really well. They've got Josh Malardo playing now. So they are one of those awkward teams if they turn up. And you're a bit complacent. Um, they might put the foot on the throat. They might scare you a bit. But um, and Bobcat and um, his crew, are, uh, yeah, they flying under the radar. I think they've got a good good bunch of um, good bunch of players there. I think they've been established there for a fair bit now. And North Harlow takes them forward. Brendan Simpson and you know, wonderful, wonderful five eight and Ryan Glanville. Um, if they don't do a job on Ryan Glanville, uh, I'd say South will get the points. Yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a dangerous sign when they're moving Ryan Glanville to thirteen to fit in young Angus Ernst as well. And as I said, talking with Josh, our statsman, who I know you guys utilise, uh, it yeah. uh, it brings back some good memories for a lot of people in this local area when you've got a Glanville tearing up teams in wearing a thirteen jersey. 
Yeah, mate. Yeah, we honed in on him, and we done a we done a reasonable job on him against South. But um, even though he had that lock, he played a different role. It's not too much dissimilar to what he what he does at six. But yeah, if um, yeah, if you're not working on the inside on him, he'll catch you out. He's he's having a wonderful year, mate. Certainly is. They missed him last year. Let's move on to the Sunday games. You talked about, obviously, your big game against Cessnock, and, it, and it's key for multiple reasons. Obviously, the old boys and having the 75th anniversary, but a win there, especially with those games in hand, will, will really keep you in touch with that top five as well. Yeah, certainly, mate. You know, um, Cessnock are one of, the, one of the mainstays of the competition. You know, every single year, they're up around the, the, the top two, three, four teams, and... Um, it's probably not going to be too much um, different this year. But, you know, we, we need to focus on ourselves like we've always been speaking about. Um, it's about us and about how we how we play and how Lakes um, want to perform. And, and last week was a, a little snippet of, uh, you know, a Lakes victory. It was it was a grinding victory in the second half. and But you could see some youth in, in, in our team as well. Um, not afraid to fl- throw the footy around. And uh, we just need to... Uh, we just need to be a bit more consistent in a few areas. But, um, yeah, mate, it's going to be a tough battle. Tough battle, um, especially after our first game against them. They sort of put the cleaner through us. Um, we thought we were going okay in the off-season, but, you know, everyone thinks they go okay in the off-season until you start performing and that's not sort of put the cleaner straight through us, mate. So hopefully we can get one back on them, mate. That'd, that'd be great to see, especially, as you said, with all those uh, reasons in the uh, bank to get there. The other Sunday games, mate, we'll have a look. This one will be an interesting one. Kitty, Steve Kidd, the Macquarie coach, he'll head, uh, well, at, he'll be at home hosting his old side, Curry Curry, mate. He'll undoubtedly have the boys up for this one, knowing that uh, uh, obviously that result on the weekend does hurt their sort of uh, top two aspirations a little. Yeah, and it's not it's not, it's not Macquarie-like, is it? Is it to beat a, a top team like, Maitland Pumpkin Pickers and then go into Townsend Oval, which is hard to get a two-point victory away from anyway, but then come away with a loss. You know, after being on such a high, um, you know, you'd be talking about complacency and, and where they want to sit, you know, coming coming home into the semi-finals, having a, run, having a run into the semi. So I think it's a crucial game for them. I think they'll get the money back. Yeah, it was certainly one for them to step back up. They've been priding themselves on their defence. I know they've got a very miserly defence this year, and so to let in uh, 26 points, I'm sure Kitty will be uh, focusing on that over the week before they head back home, and, and they do step up another gear, no matter what sort of position they are on the table when it comes to the home ground there at uh, Lyle Peacock. It's not easy to visit, mate. No, it's not, mate. Um, we witnessed that in, a, you know, in really poor conditions. It was really sloppy, muddy, but they're a gritty team. They scored two tries off kicks, which... You know, ended up putting the nail in the coffin for us. But, yeah, very gritty team. And Kitty wouldn't have been happy with that performance. No way in the world. Neither would he, the rest of his coaching staff in Robbie Payne and Matty Roach, mate. No, certainly not. And finally, obviously, we've got the uh, last two teams, which will be Central Newcastle and Wyong. Both sides, Central just sitting in fourth. Wyong in sixth. Uh, this one was a absolute uh, physical encounter in the first round. Uh, Phil will have his boys fired back up for this one and, and wanted to make sure they stay in the top five because the result here could uh, determine which side at the end of round 11 is sitting in the top five and which isn't. Yeah, yeah. Central's, oh, if you talk about people under the radar, yeah, I know they brought well and they recruited well, retained well. Um, but yeah, I think they've slipped under the radar a bit. Central, obviously having the two Walsh boys there, you know, probably grew up in the backyard playing the footy, playing a bit of backyard footy, mate, you know, obviously helped them a fair bit too, steer them around, a spider at the back, they're a lethal team, Kaya Cooper's in sensational form, we all know what Kaya Cooper can present, he probably should be in an NRL system still, but um, 
you know, why are a very, very formidable team on their day, and, and we've seen that against the entrance of, you know, um, this weekend just passed. So this, yeah, definitely, I think this is the pick of the round, mate. Um, it's going to be a hard one. Uh, Central's at home, are they? They are, mate. It's up at St John on Sunday. Yeah. That's the only reason I'll pick Central, but I'm, I've got a soft spot for why I haven't been down there for so long and having some fair connections and relationships down there. Um, but I will say, yeah, Central at home this week. Uh, hopefully that helps Minnie and the boys, but... <laughs> Yeah, mate. I, I knew I knew that there's um, there's a soft spot there, mate. Uh, Minnie, when we had him on the show earlier in the year, was waxing lyrical about the relationship. So, mate, plenty of respect between yeah, the two I of you as an ex nine yeah. and a current nine. No, I love him, mate. I've um, got a lot of time for him. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a wonderful coach when he hangs the boots up. But you know, if I've got one bit of advice for him: keep playing as long as you can have an influence on a game, mate. Because uh, you do miss it when you when when you do retire and. I think he's going to have a wonderful career as a coach anyway. They've got a wonderful club down there, mate. Haven't been internally there for four years. It's it's just a really good setup. There's wonderful people down there. Um, you know, Gavin Wan, I've got a great relationship with him. And, you know, he's, his father's been on the board. His father's a heavy figure on the executive that passed, you know, the last couple of years, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, wonderful club to be a part of, mate. That was good memories. Certainly is a good place. And, and Mitch, one of the good guys of uh, local rugby league, certainly, mate, very popular. I don't think you'll find a bloke that's got a bad word to say about him. No, I should have played NRL, mate, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think um, they got it wrong there, certain people. But, um, you know, one game, Mitch Williams was never going to lose you the game. Um, I think he should have definitely played NRL, mate. Um, but, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, he needs to be happy with his career as well because... Uh, you know, not too many people can profess they've had a CV like Mitch Williams, um, you know, in rugby league. No, certainly right, mate. Well, we'll let you escape, but not without a quick mention to the other two sides. Obviously, your grade sides are playing at home on Sunday. With the catch-up games, though, your C-grade and your ladies tackle, led by Potts individual that we mentioned before. And uh, we did mention it before when we are talking stats. And just for your reference, mate, in the stats man points, the two Potts boys got three and two points from the weekend. But we're told by oh, many wow. rep- reputable sources that Jess is the most talented one in the family. So I'll, I'll let you choose whether you want to comment on that or not. <laughs> Uh, no, I think some things are best left unsaid, mate. Uh, I, I do want to give a cheery act to Tony Delaney, mate. He's doing a wonderful job. You know, um, he, he sort of, um, you know, he got pushed into that role at the last minute and they're undefeated at the moment and they've done a wonderful job, those ladies. And we're pretty, we're super proud because, you know, this is our first inaugural uh, women's opens team and, and we've got a 17 female team in our late junior system now that are wearing the blue and gold emblem um, you know of the mighty seagulls and, and, and the future is looking bright in the, in the women's space too and I'm a big advocate for it I think we need it um, you know I'd probably I'd probably take this opportunity to say to the, say to the local government that our, our ground it just can't cater for females at the moment uh, with the, the shower rooms and we need that we need an upgrade for our for our um, women um, in sport, and especially in particular at Leach United. So hopefully the government can get get together and do a bit of an upgrade for Carl Oval and Barton Oval and make it a sporting precinct that, you know, um, every other sort of town in, in, in New South Wales envies because there's, there's so much space out there, mate. It could be a really high-performance setting out there with multiple sports, but... Um, yeah, that's out of my domain, mate. Certainly is, mate. Well, there's there's some calls to action for Lakes fans this weekend. You can start Friday night, head down to Morissette, 
Saturday, and that's watching the C grade. Saturday, the girls head down to Halakalani to take on Budgie Boy at 1.30. Sunday, all three grades at home. And then if you get some spare time in between, drop a note to Pat Conroy and try and encourage him to <laughs> get, get some redevelopments because we do need to continue to invest in, in the women's side of rugby league so that the burgeoning comp and the player numbers can, can be serviced in the right way. But, Baba, thank you very much, mate, for um, plenty of time tonight. Uh, as always, love having a chat with you and catching up with you and uh, look forward to seeing you down at Carl Oval in the not-too-distant future, mate. You too, Chrissy. Thanks, mate. You're doing a great job too, mate. Big thanks to Bubba there, one of the fonts of coaching and rugby league knowledge in Newcastle Rugby League and the broader rugby league community. And it's great for Lakes United to have him back on board and contributing uh, so significantly to their rugby league community. We're going to take another short break and uh, when we return, we're going to be talking Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League with the Dungog Warriors captain coach, Matt Hinton. All right, time to get into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And uh, as we do make our way through the grades, it's now time to get back to the Northern Conference. It's been a little bit of time since we've visited on the Northern Conference and there's been plenty of action happening. And we're fortunate enough to be catching up ahead of the top of the table clash, the catch-up game this weekend with the captain coach of the Dungog Warriors, Matt Hinton. Matt, welcome back to League Castle. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, yeah, good to be back. And Yeah, been a little while, but... Not much has changed at the Gog, so we're going all right at the moment. Mate, uh, you're, you're a fairly regular guest. I think we've had you on three or maybe four times in total, including one of our grand final shows a couple of years ago. So um, you're getting right up there in terms of the uh, frequency of appearance along with a, a few of the, uh, the fan favourites, mate. So you must be doing something right. Well, I've got a head for radio, so that's probably a good thing. So, yeah. Something we've got in common, mate, so that's all right. We can both uh, yarn about footy, but both mugs not to be on video, so that's all good. Mate, um, Dungog, you know, obviously been in the Northern Conference for quite a few years. That competition reasonably settled in terms of teams. You've been in the last few years up there when the whips are cracking, but this year you've kind of found yourselves, after six games, you're the undefeated pace setters and uh, leading the comp, mate. Uh, yeah, we at the moment we are. Um, yeah, it's good. I, as I say, every coach says the same thing. You don't want to look at ladders this time of year, but I'm pretty proud of the boys for just, We've played our first six away from home. So, for me, that's, you know, that's the big thing at the moment. Uh, we come back home on Friday night, but, um, yeah, another old coach's cliche is you don't win them now. So, uh, we just got to keep growing. And I think a good thing for us is our, our depth, mate. We've got um, 30 signed players. So, it's good to sort of, you know, niggles here and there and we can we can rest guys. And uh, But probably the other thing, mate, is, we just enjoy each other's company. I think out of the the thirty we've got, I reckon ninety five percent of them are from Dungog. Um, you know, they may have moved away a few of them for work, but I mean, they they played their juniors here or their friend bases here. So yeah, we're just enjoying each other's company at the moment, mate. That's the main thing. I thought you were going to say there that ninety five percent of them enjoy each other's company, and I was like, there's no need to single out Lee Nevin, but that's okay. Not many enjoy. No, nah, I wouldn't say that about Lee. <laughs> Lee, the old dog, he's still around. But no, um, it's good to have old heads like him back, and and a few others in uh, Jake Clifton and, and Brad Smith and uh, Sammy Cork and Mitchy Caparero from uh, that. They're two that come up from Maitland. But no, we've got a good mix at the moment, mate. It's good. Uh, it's always good, mate. And, and we're talking about it off air. A few of the younger boys starting to make their way through the grades as well, which will finally allow some of those names you mentioned in, in the coming years and undoubtedly yourself in a few more years to uh, start weighing up 
you know, whether it's uh, playing, playing, you know, intermittently or, or um, enjoying a few more beers on the hill while the young boys start to take over the uh, the reins of the club. Yeah, no, that's it, mate. And this year we had, um, I think there's three more um, debutants uh, that come up through the junior system, which is really good. Um, and then last year there was probably three or four as well. So, yeah, um, if we keep picking up a few from the junior system, that's, um, yeah, what we'll achieve. And, and hopefully in a couple of years when I do finish up, hopefully I've got that many more left in me, I can sit on the hill and enjoy Dungog winning still. Yeah, that's always a good plan, mate. Um, you know, obviously it's a big part of the community up there, the footy, and and obviously the last few years as well, you've had the, the ladies' league tag. Um, how, how have you seen their numbers? I know a few few girls have departed, a few have come in. Um, there's been a few changing faces in that side this year. Uh, yeah, there is, mate. We actually got a couple back um, from other clubs, and we've had a few come through. Um, we've actually got a few, I think now, maybe two that are playing... Uh, tackle for the Terrace. I know one's um, Sophie Pritchard. She plays tackle and league tag. But they're, they're tonight at training, there's probably 15, I reckon. So oh, the girls going pretty strong. And, um, yeah, Jace Townsend that coaches them. He's been more well, foundation coach, I suppose, since they started in 19. And, yeah, he does a good job with them, mate. And, yeah, it's good to see that, you know, the girls can get involved as well. Because for years it's just been, you know, I guess it was the men's thing to play footy in Dungog. And, and now to have them both, it's, it's something that the partner can do as well or and the community can support on both sides. So it's it's really good. It's been great for the club. No, great to hear, mate. And they're also playing Friday night, I believe, up against Hamilton as the curtain raiser for you guys. And it's a key game for them sitting eighth up against Hamilton in sixth. If they can get the win, they'll jump up level with Hamilton on competition points and get themselves in the back in the race for finals, which I'm sure the coaching staff would be very keen for. As you said, you know, not a lot of home games for either side starting the year. No, that's true. Um, and one thing, I guess, about Hamilton, they're not going to be as used to the cold. Um, so for a trip to Dungog on a Friday night, it's, I think it's a top of 15 through the day. So, yeah, they want to bring the winners with them because it's going to be pretty cool. I was going to say, it's going to be fresh. And uh, I don't even reckon most of the locals up there are fully used to it, as is well demonstrated by the uh, the fires on the hill and stuff, which, you know, when, you, when you're either playing or, or refereeing, as I was last year, um, you, you're seeing those fires up on the hill and everyone sitting around in the back of the utes, etc., just wishing you're up there in the uh, three or four layers. Uh, but undoubtedly, yeah. as we talked about before, top of the table clash, you boys uh, will be focused out there and it'll be entertainment worth turning up for for anyone that wants to trek to Bennett Park. Yeah, mate, I um, I did say to the boys, you know, our goal is to always win the ones on the road, I guess. It's a pretty big goal to start with. We went in three uh, groups of three. Uh, Locks of three, we, we wanted to get three done and reassess, and we go the next three, and um, we've done that now. So I guess we get the trip home, and, and we get a good game against Gloucester. Um, yeah, firstly, there's nothing, you know, for juniors from Dungog to play on a Friday night at Dungog, probably the pinnacle of it. You look around, and as you said, there's five pits, and they sort of beat the drum from the pub and and, and the club, and plenty turn up, and but it's going to be a, a tough game. Um, all the news I've heard out of Gloucester is that, you know, they're, they're a fit young team. I know a few guys from up there and actually know the coach. Um, so, mate, they're going to be very handy. I think I'd nearly say, yeah, that they'll be up there with a team to beat, I'd reckon. Um, hopefully barring ourselves. But, yeah, we're ready for a physical one and, and hopefully we can get it done, mate, in front of our home crowd. Yeah, interesting to see Gloucester, the only game that they haven't uh, picked up the two points on is showing as a, as a forfeit 
uh, a couple of weeks ago. So not sure what happened there, but any game where they've managed to get a side on the, the field, uh, they've put plenty of points on, which is probably the counter to, to what's been your strength this year, mate. Uh, only the once you've let in more than two tries, I think, uh, looking through the scoreline so far. Yeah, mate, a big thing with um, us and younger kids, I've, and probably the footy, oh, I'm not knocking the grade we play, but I mean, defence will win any premiership, but um, I, we've had a clear focus from day one about you know, defence and you know working hard from middles and all that sort of stuff, just getting guys on their backs. And uh, the young guys are sort of, you know, probably in juniors, they're not taught that enough, I think, with the way the game's evolved. So uh, we have a pretty big owner side here and I've um, got a couple of old guys that really haven't had home with me during training. And we, and we do, like the last five weeks have been basically on the netball courts because the field's been so wet. So all we can really work on is our defence um, because we haven't got, obviously, the scale to work on our the proper field scale with our, our points we want to get to in good ball. So... Yeah, credit to the guys, though, and we always want to match teams physically, so as any footy team does. Um, and, yeah, that's what we'll be looking to do Friday night, mate, so um, looking to match Gloucester physically early and then, um, yeah, hopefully play some good footy from there. Yeah, lovely, mate. Well, I'm sure the punters that do get down can not only enjoy the quality canteen fare that's dished up regularly at Bennett Park, but a couple of cracking games of footy, mate. Um, and speaking of, we are just talking off air it's a little bit of a miracle the way the washout games from each of the scattered rounds have, have sort of added up. And we've actually got a full round of action in the Northern Conference this week, mate. So we might have a bit of a run through. The great news is three of the four fixtures are on Friday night, which means that you can get out, enjoy your footy, have a few blue cans, a steak sandwich, and then you've got your whole long weekend to recover from um, maybe a few too many blue cans or uh, schooners if you follow on at the local pub. So we might start, mate. Um, Karua, we're talking about them off air. They've had a bit of a challenge this year. There's a few of the grounds in the Northern Conference that are just still unsuitable for play. So they've been splitting their home games between Tomari and Malaboola. They'll be at Malaboola on Friday night, a 7 o'clock kickoff. They host Morpeth. Uh, two sides that have sort of been up and down during the season, mixed results, and their latter positions probably suggest as much. Uh, Morpeth, their three wins and two losses from their five games so far, while Karua... Uh, they're two wins and five losses from their games. But interestingly enough, with two wins and five losses, a positive for and against still. So that's quite a, a unique sort of mix of numbers, I'd suggest. But who do you see here? Karua won't have the usual home ground advantage, mate. But um, you guys saw Morpeth a couple of weeks ago, so you'd have a fair insight to what they're looking like. Yeah, we played Karua, I think it was first round, first if not second, but I'm pretty sure it was first. Um, and we only played Morpeth a fortnight ago. I... They crew are always so unpredictable. They're so physical, but um, they've also been thrown here and there and couldn't train, I don't think. But uh, on Morpeth, Morpeth were very similar. I was saying there before, off-air, that you know we played down there in a very muddy track and it was probably the most physical game we've played all year. They're a young side, Morpeth. Uh, I think once they work out sort of who they are and... and um, yeah, I, I, I can't see Morpeth losing this one. I think they're a really good footy team, actually. I said that to the boys after the game. Young, um, fit once they get some consistency. I, I think Morpeth could be yeah, some trouble coming into the semis for teams. So, yeah, I, I can't see Morpeth getting beat. Yeah, they'll certainly be a danger side, and they had a what will be a big momentum victory in their Battle of the Bridges against Hinton last week over at Hinton. So uh, you can't discount what sort of form line that'll lead them into this game, mate. So I'm with you on Morpeth getting the two there. We know who you're going to be tipping, mate, and uh, I'd be I'd 
I'm not. Uh, I don't have a big enough set to tip against you while you're on the line. Anyway, uh, up against Gloucester, but as we said, that'll be an absolute cracker for the punters at Bennett Park. Two games there. The other Friday night game over at Lakeside, it'll be Raymond Terrace. Uh, they come up against uh, the Hinton Hornets. So Raymond Terrace coming yep. off um, a bit again, a bit like some of these other sides we just talked about. Some some big results, but then they've managed to get back in the grind in a couple of the last um, results. They got a, a five point win in. Uh, that Benny Langdon match uh, a few weeks ago against Karua uh, got done in a tight one against Tea Gardens before winning against Patterson in, a, in an away game that was taken to Lakeside because of the condition of Patterson's field. So uh, really hard to get a read on a couple of these sides that probably sit um, sort of fifth and down on the ladder, made a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, true. Um, and we played Terrace early in the season as well. Um, oh, you know, it's... They were hard to read too. They were very physical. It was a wet game down there. They had a lot of big boppers. And, um, we sort of hadn't been on the park a bit as well. So, our, our um, yeah, shape wasn't so good. And, and they sort of took it right to us. I think they only beat them by eight points. So, um, on the Hinton side, I haven't seen them at all. We haven't, we've got them next week. So, uh, but Hickey's usually got them firing pretty well. Hard to tip off. Going off the ladder, you'd have to tip Hinton, but if Hinton aren't on their day, I think the Terrace could upset them. It'll be a close one, I think, especially the Terrace. Yeah, it'd certainly be interesting yeah. to see see what the, the makeup of the Terrace side is. I guess that's a challenge too with a club that's got the two sides. They're not going to be short short of depth and numbers around the club by the sounds of things with um, what they've got going on over there. It's just obviously what they can put on the paddock and uh, Friday nights and long weekends sometimes impact availability too. So it does make these ones a little bit um, some banana peels to tip, mate. Yeah, that's it. Um, and finally, mate, Saturday afternoon, uh, if anyone's looking to, to fill some time in the uh, combined Stroud Clarence Town team, they're playing under the Stroud Raiders kit, and I've heard a few people call them the Clouds, um, the Cobbers. There's a few different names going around for these boys, but it's great to see that they've managed to uh, put differences and rivalries aside and, and get a team together. They'll uh, host Patterson at 1 o'clock at Stroud Showground, and... Look, it's been a tough year for Patterson so far. They're doing well, just continuing to turn up. We talked about it before. They're not able to play at their ground. Uh, they're a little bit light on numbers a few of the weeks, and it's just becoming a, a bigger and bigger challenge as, as things go on for them. But you'd love to see them throw the upset here, but you'd have to think Stroud would be fairly warm favourites considering they've only dropped the one game this year. Yeah, so like, we played, uh, obviously played Clara Stroud on the weekend, and they were a little bit on the man. Um, I guess it's so are we. That, I think... Yeah, Pat, I know Matty Garland, they're struggling a bit with numbers and um, I think they'll be up against it again this weekend, unfortunately. Um, yeah, they're a handy team. Stroud, Clara, obviously they get the best of the two. Um, Birchie's there and uh, the two Grey brothers, I thought they were outstanding on the weekend when we played against them. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I, I think it's going to be another long weekend for poor old Pat. Yeah, it's a bit unfortunate, mate, but unfortunately, no matter how a competition pans out, someone's always got to run at the bottom and they'll hopefully be better for a challenging season. And we know they've been a powerhouse at different points in years gone by, even going back to the days when they were right up in the top grade. So uh, we hope they continue to keep turning up and, and a few people from the local area come back on board and, and join them and bolster their numbers because the way you know we'd like to see a competition, I'm not sure about you, mate. Um, I know you'd like to probably have one hand on the trophy at all times if you could, but... Certainly, if it's a more even competition, we're going to get more people turning up, more people wanting to play, and just, you know, it's better for all in the long run, right? Oh, I said, mate. 
and that's why it was good that um, Clara Stroud got, you know, as you said, put differences aside and got a team because, you know, if they just fade away over the distance, they, they probably don't get a team each next year. So, yeah, it was, it was great that they got a team. And, um, yeah, it's, it's well, if clubs go away and slowly die, we don't have the Northern Conference, do we? So that's what it's all about. It's about rivalry and, and gate takings and healthy canines and healthy clubs and all those sorts of things. So, and if we don't have rivalry, like, yeah, then things don't happen. No, that's exactly right. It starts to go away and, and people lose that emotional connection and the tribalism. It's uh, Well, it's great to see some of the new clubs come in, some of these old rivalries that, that date back decades upon decades uh, are, are always great to see. And, you know, it's uh, great where we can continue those on. So we hope to see Patterson River continuing to build and, and bouncing back. But, mate, uh, hats off to you guys. You've done a great job at, out there at Dungog. Things are going quite well. Uh, hopefully for your sake um, we can catch up with you heading deep into the finals later in the year or, or maybe even one of the other boys to have a bit of a chat mate and uh, yeah good luck this weekend hopefully you get a bumper crowd out there on Friday night they all brave the cold because it'll be well worth it for the footy that's going to be uh, put out there on Bennett Park yeah no worries mate um, thanks for having me on again and um, yeah mate hopefully I'm talking to you as we're heading into the semis or even the big one that'd be great Lovely, mate, and I'll have to make the trek to Bennett Park at some point to uh, get you guys up there in the uh, competition for the ratings of the sandwiches and things and the food because I know that uh, it is good fare that's dished out at the canteen up there. It uh, certainly makes it worth the trek for anyone that wants to go out this Friday night. Yeah, mate, and, yeah, it's all local too, locally made and cooked here. So, no, that'll be great, mate, and thanks for having me on again. Well, thank you to all of our guests tonight. Uh, it's been an absolute cracking episode, starting with our co-host Josh Spiegelman, brought to you by Junkyard Skips with the uh, recent results in the leaderboard, almost without it, but with it in the end, the leaderboard for the Junkyard Skips Statsman Performer of the Year. Of course, great to have a uh, little bit longer than usual in-depth chat with Ian Bubba Burke about Lakes United and all the great things that are going on there, including those three local juniors making their debut on the weekend, which was great to see in that Lakes win. And, of course, last but definitely by no means least, Matt Hinton, the captain coach of the Dungog Warriors, the currently ladder-leading Dungog Warriors, ahead of their Friday night top-of-the-table Northern Conference clash against the Gloucester Magpies. That one will be an absolute belter, a great way to start your long weekend. But there is plenty of footy action on, action across all the grades due to the washouts that are there to be caught up across all the grades of Newcastle and Hunter. We've got a round of Newcastle Rugby League, the Denton Engineering Cup and lower grades. So plenty of options for you to get out and watch your local team or a local team in cracking footy action across the long weekend. And if you're a real glutton for punishment, you can probably get into Friday Friday night, Saturday and Sunday and, and take in a plethora of games. Again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to please support the businesses that support our show. As I talked about in the introduction, we've got Junkyard Skips. We do have uh, Shipley Meats at Rutherford. We've got Beaver Brewery uh, for all your craft beer needs. Absolutely great options. Check out their website. They are based up in the NT, but their options are red hot in terms of brews. And finally, for all your office um Printing needs, etc. Sharp DS Central Coast. They support the Central Coast Rugby League portion of our show, and we do appreciate them being on board. Make sure to or, uh, like and follow our social media channels if you don't already. League Castle AUS on Facebook, League Castle AU on Instagram, and please share the show with a fellow rugby league fan. 
or even if you want to make someone else suffer through listening to what is almost 90 minutes this week of our show, then share it with someone who doesn't like rugby league as well and see what their response is. But again, enjoy your local footy. We look forward to bringing you more results, recaps, and conversation about your local rugby league in the coming weeks. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be a try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to League Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.